Afghanistan. Gee, I wonder where they're headed. Look in the mirror. What's the sanctuary state? What's the state that says we want more population? Who is it that's stepping forward saying bring them here? You guessed it. Uh, one day you're in Afghanistan. The next day you're on your way to the, the biggest little, the ocean state. Marine One lifted off Friday 136 for Camp David. Bearing a leader headed on a long planned August vacation. President Biden, clad in a black baseball cap, light blue, short sleeve shirt, carried a lone piece of luggage accompanied by his wife, small element of staff. But when the president's official helicopter touched back down 72 hours later, the leader emerged was preparing to address the biggest foreign policy of his presidency, a rapidly devolving catastrophe in Afghanistan that has left the administration scrambling to evacuate U.S. citizens and Afghan nationals before the Taliban's stunning, stunningly swift takeover of the nation is complete. One close Biden foreign policy ally who's in regular contact with the White House and the State Department said the presidency never would have let him leave for Camp David had they known how quickly Afghanistan would implode upon the president's decision to withdraw all troops by September 11th. You know, last hour, Donna Perry made a great point of that, that you you can't take the optics, political optics out of this, that President Biden was working on that deadline, that when he addresses the nation next month on the anniversary, 20th anniversary of September 11th, he wanted to be able to say, and all the troops were out of there. That assessment was buttressed by the words of Biden and his top foreign policy officials in the weeks leading up. In June, Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who was a nincompoop, testified in the House Foreign Affairs Committee. He didn't expect an immediate deterioration in the situation when U.S. forces begin to draw down. Whatever happens in Afghanistan, you know, I don't think it's going to be something that happens from a Friday to a Monday, he said. That's almost exactly what happened. The situation unraveled quick silver speed over the first three days of Biden's trip to Camp David. And he returned to the White House to address the nation. He had not spoken publicly about it in six days. You know, this whole business of I stand squarely behind my decision. But Biden conceded Afghanistan fell to the Taliban on a team his way had not fully fathomed. The truth is they, this did unfold much more quickly than we anticipated, Biden continued. One early sign of growing urgency came in a photograph. On Saturday, the White House released an image of Biden seated alone in a secure conference room at Camp David, showing him conferring with Vice President Harris, his national security team. By Saturday night, shortly after 8 o'clock, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's team invited lawmakers to a 1030 Sunday morning phone briefing with top officials, including Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, Blinken, that General Mark Milley, folks, that guy, I am not a fan, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. The briefing lasted about an hour. Officials took questions, supportive, antagonistic. Others spoke um, internal deliberation. Senator Lindsey Graham said two, te- two details for the briefing stood out to him. The officials said there's many as 60,000 people eligible, eligible to be evacuated from Afghanistan. And that they were revising the June assessment that the threat to the U.S. homeland from militant groups was a medium risk and could pose a threat to the U.S. in as few as two years. Clearly, they were flat-footed, Graham said. People are concerned about the evacuation. People are concerned about the threat to the homeland. Um, 
Let's see. Another senator, John Barrasso, Wyoming, was on the call, also alarmed. The thing that struck me having moved with these guys over the years was the amount of, uh, you knows. this is a group that usually speaks in complete sentences. And they all sounded, especially Blinken, less confident in what he was saying. Um, um, well, you know, uh, later Sunday, the White House pushed out another photo showing Biden. Again, alone at Camp David, meeting by video with Harris and the national security team. Uh, Sunday, they began this possibility of Biden returning to the White House on Monday to deliver a speech on the crisis. By Monday, after the Taliban had swept into Kabul, Americans woke up to harrowing images from Afghan's capital. Chaos engulfed Kabul International Airport as desperate Afghan nationals ran alongside a U.S. military airplane. While well, a taxi for TAFOR, some clinging to the wings. One person appeared to fall from the sky. Seven people were confirmed dead. Folks, they found someone in the wheel well of the plane once it landed. Whew. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki planned to spend the week away from Washington. But after spending the weekend working remotely, including trying to help supposedly U.S. journalists out of Afghanistan, she returned to the White House on Monday, helped manage situation. After initially offering a schedule for Biden devoid of any public events, they announced that he would be speak to the country in the afternoon. So they they definitely are cooperating with this article the way I read this because they throw in the fact that she was trying to help journalists uh, get out of there. Criticism of the handling of the exit came from all sides. Global risk cons- uh, consultancy describes situation as a failed execution of a foreign policy issue bigger than anything I've seen in decades. Deeply surprised, disappointed how badly they mishandled this. Uh, the United States failed in four major ways drawing down its military presence in Afghanistan. Intelligence, coordination, planning, and communication. Why hasn't anyone been fired? Starting with the, the uh, Joint Chief of Staff. Biden overestimated the Afghan military capabilities. You know, that is so unfair. They keep throwing them under the bus. <sighs> I'm, I'm going to play some sound. And, and um, folks, in the morning, unfolding horror. White House talking points blasted out by Nancy Pelosi underscored their perspective. The president was not willing to enter a third decade of conflict and surge thousand more troops. That, that, that's all wrong. There has not been an American killed in Afghanistan in 18 months. That's a year and a half. Listen, and I know you could argue one life is too much. Can we deal in reality? Can we deal in reality that there are American men in service women that are killed in drills and exercises and friendly fire? No one is, I'm not trying to uh, in any way say that it's, you know, it's not important. But this business, it's not like the the casualties are mounting like a Vietnam. I want to start off, folks, with some of the sound. And um, Brian Williams thought. He was speaking with former a military. He thought, you know, these were the talking points of MSNBC. And what I wanted to say was in the morning, I like to flip around 
And so I'll watch Fox and Friends. But then I, I'll also flip to Morning Joe. MSNBC, it's as if they all have the same talking points. He owned it. He took it on. This is a president with resolve. That, that is all. He was blaming everyone. But what I like about this exchange I'm about to play for you is, number one, MSNBC can't believe that they had this guy on. And number two, it's just such a stark contrast to what Brian Williams was saying. In fact, it was the opposite of what Brian Williams was saying. It was the polar opposite. Matt Zeller, U.S. Army veteran. So I want to play this. It's not long. But he basically sums up. And, and this is where it, it really uh, goes off the rails. But I want you to listen to this again, folks. Good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro. But this is a really good audio. Uh, that just shows. Lieutenant during the war in Afghanistan, former combat advisor with Afghan security forces, co-founder of No One Left Behind, a veterans organization that offers services to former Afghan and Iraqi interpreters who resettle here in the United States. Mr. Zeller, it's uh, almost ironic now to state the name of the organization you founded, um, given what we're watching go on. Though I'm curious to hear your reaction of this consequential speech by the American president didn't run from it. He owned it. He owned his decision. He owned the fact that, as he put it, the buck stops with him. I hope he gets to own their deaths, too. I I don't know. I feel like I watched a different speech than the rest of you guys. I was appalled. There was such a profound, bold-faced lie in that speech. The idea that we plan for every contingency. I have been personally trying to tell this administration since it took office. I've been trying to tell our government for years that this was coming. We sent them plan after plan on how to evacuate these people. Nobody listened to us. They didn't plan for the evacuation of our Afghan wartime allies. They're trying to conduct it now at the 11th hour. The thing that they were most concerned about was the optics of a chaotic evacuation. Well, they got exactly what they were most concerned of by failing to do what was right when we could have done it. We had all the people and equipment in place to be able to save these people months ago, and we did nothing. I'm appalled that he thinks we only need to take 2,000 people. There's 86,000 people who are currently left behind in Afghanistan alone. We've identified all of them for the government. I have no idea why he claims that people don't want to leave Afghanistan. I have a list of 14,000 names right now of people who want to get out of Afghanistan. And the idea that the Afghan military should be blamed for this, do you know how many casualties the Afghan military took in an average year? More than the United States did in 20. When you're not getting paid on a regular basis, when you're not getting fuel, when no one is supplying you with ammunition, and yet you're still showing up to the fight, how dare us for having to blame these people for not having the audacity to be able to survive a Taliban onslaught? No, no, no. What we need to be doing right now, and what I am appalled that the president didn't say, was we need to be talking. You know, that is so brilliant and on the money. And you know what else, folks, is just astounding is it's a little bit inside baseball. And again, good afternoon at 1221. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's a.m. 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by Jamie's Power Wash, Jay Freitas Construction. Listen, we still have a long way to go with the warm weather and uh, whether it's the rest of August, September, and October, let's get rid of the grime, the algae, the moss that has grown from all the hot weather and the rain. Jamie's Power Wash, 401-837-4545. Jamie's, J-A-M-I-E, apostrophe S, Jamie's Power Wash, 401 401- 
837-4545. Does a fantastic job. Look for him on Facebook. And then the website is jamiespowerwash.com. The before and afters are incredible, whether it's alongside your pool or whether it is a deck or a patio or the side of your house or a building, Jamie's Power Wash, 401-837-4545. Folks, as I mentioned, you can listen online. Please visit our website, depetro.com, which is sponsored by the Senadale Comfort Food and Cocktails, the Senadale Revival. Stop it and see them. I love the place. Um, Shane does such a good job. 2025 Smith Street, North Providence. They've also won Best of Rhode Island, three different categories. The Senadale Revival, Comfort Food and Cocktails, right at the end of Smith Street in North Providence, 2025. Safe, free parking all over the place. Uh, it, it's an absolute disgrace. And, Emmett, you know, this is as much as people would say that uh, Fox News was basically, you know, always trying to protect President Trump. This, this is another level with what MSNBC, I'll even say that CNN is not doing, CNN is not doing what MSNBC has been doing. And notice also in that story how, you know, Pelosi sends out the talking points. Um, I think it's interesting that Rhode Island Senator Jack Reed said he's open to having hearings on that. Now, that would be proved to be very, very embarrassing. But th- this is absolutely it is just completely disgraceful. And for the president to, you know, try to carry on in this way, um, he's not accepting. Pre- president Biden's not accepting any responsibility. He came out and immediately started blaming everybody else. Let's go to some of the sound. This is ABC's Terry Moran saying Biden didn't accept in any way responsibility for the catastrophe unfolding in Kabul. He blamed Afghan troops. He blamed the Afghan people who uh, had decided, since some had decided that they wanted to wait a while to see uh, if they could get out in an orderly fashion. He did not in any way accept responsibility for the catastrophe that's unfolding in Kabul. And I think I missed a moment to uh, demonstrate the kind of leadership to live up to that saying, the buck stops here. Important. You know, that's exactly right. And this business of saying that the Afghan army quit. Folks, listen, it wasn't an ideal situation. But, and we, and the fact is, you know, there was a stalemate over there. And it hasn't, because of COVID and because of the a lot of the other news, uh, let's face it, Afghanistan, I don't understand. You know, yesterday I was watching, I flip around, I was watching The Five on Fox and Greg, get Greg Gutfeld, who I would normally like, but I found him kind of annoying, saying, you know, we talk about all these different things. We haven't talked about this, but, well, it hasn't been really in the news other than the drawdown. You can't just, you don't just talk about something. Because of the pandemic, because of everything else that has happened, Afghanistan, for the American media, has not been in the news. There also weren't, there hasn't been an American death in 18 months. Um, so I, I disagree with that. Like, how come we're all to blame for not talking about it? So it hasn't been a perfect situation. But by having apparently, you know, like 3,500 troops there. And as I've said, we have troops all over the world. We have troops in Korea. We have troops in Germany. You know, never mind we have Guantanamo Bay. We, we have troops all over. This isn't perfect. But by keeping the Taliban at bay, 
by kind of guiding and coaching the Afghan army. It wasn't perfect, but it's better than what we're seeing right now. So this all of nothing that President Biden is trying to put forward. And it's so disingenuous to say, you know, that they quit and walked away. I was speaking with someone who's a military expert who I was talking kind of on background. And he said, you know, it would almost be like, you know, pretend the relationship between the Americans, the, our military and the Afghan army. Pretend it was like a bad marriage, but you're working through it. And as long as both are committed, it's in some ways it's working. But when one party says, that's it, it's over, I'm leaving. And then it's, you know, the divorce is imminent. You can't then blame and say the other party quit. So, yeah, it is true, the Afghan army. But that's after we're leaving. Their leader left. What are they supposed to do? Do an Alamo and fight to the death? Um, this, this is with Biden. This is a distraction to try to say it's all. Listen, if he wants to say he's following President Trump's plan that was put in motion. Well, look at what's going on at the border. <laughs> that certainly isn't the Trump plan. No, th- this is incompetence with this administration. And you know what else, folks? Yesterday, I-, I couldn't believe when I was listening to the speech, like, and I even said to kind of my, to myself, like, wow, he's hardcore. This is as hardcore as it gets. Biden, Mr., you know, he has suffered personal tragedy, which he has. Uh, with death of family members, his son, and then his wife, first wife, and the daughters, and um, uh, Mr. World Affairs and everything else. Yesterday was like, hey, that's the spoils of war. You know, almost, it was like that scene in Platoon, Tom Bergeron, who then is like, you know, you got to die sometime. Everybody's got to die sometime. You know, like, there's no hiding. Remember when the character that wants to get the, whatever, three or four day pass to get out of there? And he says, can't do it, Red. He's like, listen, I got a bad feeling about tonight. And Tom Bergeron, the character in Platoon, you know, so coldly says, got to die sometime, Red. Ah, that was Biden yesterday. Well, you know, that's the spoils of war, what happened at the airport. And, you know, we wish them the best of luck. Like, holy cow. It's like he's in the lifeboats watching the Titanic go under. Whew. Either that, he he obviously did not write that speech. And this whole administration, and I can't wait. I believe today at 1.30 they're going to get tattooed. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show. Now next month, Patriots Jets. We still have two seats left. Patriots Jets in New York, come along with me. If you want to come, we have two seats left. Alan Hockman Tours, 401-274-TRIP, 401-274-TRIP or online at 274trip.com. Motor coach, tickets to the game, big tailgate party, stay at a hotel in New Jersey right near the stadium. Three ninety nine, two seats left. All right, I want to go to even Chuck Todd was then uh, turning on the Biden White House, which is um, saying he's lost his high marks in competency 
compared to Trump? From the point of view of Afghans, it's uh, is there going to be uh, how long is this process of evacuating Afghans going to last? How um, how open are we going to be to bringing out more Afghans who want out? Where are we going to take them? How is that process being worked? Are we cutting red tape? Right. All of those things. I think that is the immediate and near term questions that have to be answered. The bigger the, the big long term question, which is, you know, why were we so unprepared for this moment uh, is, you know, this is. And, you know, you can't help but come to two sort of conflicting theories, but I don't know if we're ever going to get a, an answer that we are, that's going to feel satisfying, you know, and it, and it goes to some combination of the president had his mind made up before he took the oath of office about which direction he was going. And the Pentagon never thought um, that there would that they, I think they always thought they could buy more time and for whatever reason didn't plan for every contingency. But, you know, the president, I thought it was interesting yesterday. In how he tried to walk that line, he wants to accept the consequences of this decision, pass some blame, but at the same time, he didn't, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't throw his own Pentagon under the bus. He didn't throw the intel agencies under the bus, but you got to ask how, you know, the, 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 the orderly part of this, what went wrong? And I'll tell you, I do think the biggest political fallout from this is competency. Joe Biden's greatest strength against Donald Trump in the campaign was the idea that he's been around the block. He knows what he's doing. We're facing this crisis with COVID. We need some basic competency back in government. No more chaos. He's lost the competency uh, uh, high marks that he was getting at one time. That's tough to get back. Actually impossible. And that is Chuck Todd. You know, as much as he can be criticized, and again, folks, good afternoon at 1231. It's Juan. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Uh, Let's face it. This, the honeymoon is over with the Biden administration, and it's on this. Um, the, The way that the press is going to treat him and his underlings, I believe, will really be on display this afternoon as they're trying to have this press briefing. In the past, the White House press briefing, the only person seemingly that ever seems to truly challenge the Biden White House has been Peter Ducey of Fox. I think that's going to change today. The Pentagon briefing after the president spoke yesterday was John Kirby, the Pentagon spokesman. I mean, they were getting hammered. And the fact is they don't have a plan. And here's the real problem. He doesn't have good people around him. Right. They have been occupied. They've been focused on the wrong type of things. If your biggest priority is making sure in the military they're using pronouns and all this woke and should transgender be drafted. And if, if those are, do you think that those are the concerns of the Taliban, the Taliban, the fiercest terrorist organization in the world right now? The Taliban, by the way, that have have all our weapons, they, they're throwing away or trading in their weapons for the new American weapons they have, which are the finest in the world. You have, you have a, an army is what they are. Plus, the prisons have been open. So all the Al-Qaeda ISIS fighters that have been locked up have all been let out of prison. So now you've just even increased even more. Your manpower within the the Taliban army, right? Like they're even 
more powerful. But and think of the Taliban fighters. As much as we can mock them for these these bizarre photos or video, I should say, of them, they were working out in the gym at the palace. They certainly don't look intimidating. Uh, they were going on some carousel rides. But listen, when you give someone like that these and there's but there's countless of them, right? There's so many of them, and life is so meaningless, and they're willing to step up like that. The recruitment, if you hate America, if you believe in the cause, they are flooding into Afghanistan right now. Talk about a recruitment tool. But they have been trained. They have taken on and beaten back. They have been basically doing war games against the finest military in the world. I was watching an interview earlier. Someone was saying, you know, if you had 11 people. Uh, involved with some kind of, you know, exercise something. Nine of them were Afghanis. Maybe two were Americans trying to, you know, guide them, almost coach them in a way. But but the Taliban now, you get better. They've been fighting a very sophisticated military in that in the United States. We pull out and hand it over to them after 20 years. Now the warlord leader has arrived in Afghanistan. Hunted, jailed, now in charge. They're vowing women's rights, but within Islamic law. They claim U.S. will not be harmed from Afghan soil. Ugh, militant swap AK-47s from made in American rifles. Who wouldn't? Oh, my goodness, folks. I don't, they, they cannot... And, and, and look at, you know, the, um, they found the body of someone, human remains in the landing gear. You know what that is? That was just how, that's how desperate they were to get out of there. It was worth, the gamble was worth it. Trying to ride off on the wing was worth what was going to leave behind. I'm also saying Tim Tebow has now been released by the Jaguars after... Um, it was kind of an embarrassing block that he was trying to do. But anyhow, listen, he doesn't, he, um, he at least he tried. Shock and awe Taliban style. I mean, folks, this is insanity. What is happening right now? The Taliban's stunning takeover of Afghanistan. Tragic vindication of the shock and awe. Far-reaching consequences, to say the very least. Effectuating, influencing, controlling perception. On paper, the Afghan security forces were superior, better armed than the Taliban. Yet the Taliban overwhelmed those security forces through intimidation, threats, bribes, rather than battlefield wins. The Taliban victory will correctly be perceived as defeating the most powerful military in the world, Even with 130,000 Americans on the ground at one time who were unable to train the Afghan army to fight. Well, how about China has already announced it will recognize the new Afghan government. Folks, China will move in. China will take over. Remember, China and Russia are our enemies. And they see an opportunity here. But the Biden administration, who are you going to put? In charge of this. The Pentagon, that was embarrassing yesterday. And I want to be very clear about something at 1237. You know, I um, 
I, I, you know, last night, well, let me just read a, do a quick commercial and then I'm going to make my point. But like many of you, I, I, I don't watch. I'll watch at night. I'll flip around. When there's big news, obviously, you tune in. But I'll watch like a little bit of, of Tucker, Tucker Carlson. And, you know, I was actually uncomfortable last night. Because he was referring to the leaders of our military as buffoons and everything. Like, that, 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 I kind of break off from that. I don't know. I, I, it was uncomfortable to watch. I feel uncomfortable watching that. When you see a day like today with the blue skies in late August into September, it obviously is reminiscent of September 11th. It's just hard to fathom that 20 years later... That And Al-Qaeda, I know people say Al-Qaeda is separate from the Taliban. They have a common goal, which is to wipe out America. That's the goal. And I know the situation wasn't perfect. And there's obviously been a lot of discourse in, in the country. But um, it, it, it can't, couldn't have ended like this. Like this is, it just gives you a knot in your stomach, doesn't it? Like it's painful to watch. But I don't like, he was really name-calling, like our military leaders are buffoons and this other names. I, I, I just hate the thought of that. Uh, I'm not ready to go into that. Um, the, the, the majority of the people there, you know, it's who, it's who President Biden puts in charge. And listen, this begins and ends with the president. It does. This begins and ends with President Biden, the people that put him in power, the people that voted for him, uh, the people that, you know, his choice of uh, the vice president. I mean, this thing is really unraveling. Uh, We have been a divided nation. This is certainly not going to unite anything. Ann Coulter had a funny tweet last night. Hey, Biden finally found a way to unite the nation. Everyone thinks, you know, it's, it's a catastrophe the way he handled it. But yesterday, them trying to you know, trying to shine this as if it actually isn't that bad. This is the problem. You know, we saw the airport. Everything is about the airport. Um, and now, 20 years later, there's there's more independent journalists. There's more people with phones. There's more video. There's There's more of seeing what was happening. And they couldn't hide it. You can't hide someone falling off an airplane taking off. You can't spin that in any way. I know some people are saying seven people died at the airport. Five people or six people died on January 6th. I mean, I don't know if we need to get into January 6th. But and this is also, by the way, you know, the Taliban are going door to door and threatening and killing people. Right. Um and and there's footage of this of people just left in their wake. I I think it's this is maybe a moment to kind of put things in perspective as people are being thrown out of school committee meetings because they won't stop yelling at school committee people because they're saying that children have to wear a mask. Um, I, I, again, I'm not undermining everything. It's all relative, but seemed a little over the top. Right. These people, you see the picture of them in the plane and it's cramped. They weren't supposed to fly with that many people. Um, your your option is we're getting on this plane or we may not make it out of here alive. And there are thousands of people. 
And obviously, you know, Alorza, they raise their hands, bring the Afghans here, we'll register them to vote, make them Rhode Island citizens, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't see I, those people on the plane yesterday, the big, huge plane that had, I think, over 600 people. I didn't see any luggage. I didn't see any fights over masks. I saw people, that was the lifeboat. That was, we, we get on the plane right now, right? This is like sound of music with nothing more than the clothes on your back. We're going to go over the mountain. Because the other alternative is I have to go fight for the Nazis. Captain Von Trapp. For all of the argument about pronouns and Black Lives Matter and people on Sale Street getting pepper sprayed and people being suspended for saying who wants some more. And again, all the gender pronouns and you don't say he or she, it's they. And, you know, take, take a look at that photo because the old, those people have no money. They have they have nothing. They have the clothes on their back, but it was worth staying. Staying is not an option. Staying is if we stay, they're coming and they're gonna they're gonna kill us. You know, unfortunately, the Americans came in, we believed them, we trusted them, they said they would never leave us here. They promised us if they ever left, they'd take us out of here. And now they're leaving and the Taliban's coming. And if we, if I stay here at this airport and they find me in the village, you know, they're going to kill us, kill me and my family. That's who was on that plane. So I don't think the people on the plane were arguing about whether or not you have to wear a mask. I don't think they were arguing of, excuse me, those aren't my pronouns. You know, uh, ma'am, would you please sit over there? Excuse me, don't use ma'am. I am binary, non-binary, and I'm trying to figure out my gender. So don't, I, I don't think there was a lot of that. I think it was, we're going to get on that plane right now and get out of here. Because they are coming with high-powered weapons. And the American military that we trusted, who we have built bonds with, who we have cooperated with, who we have translated for, we have worked with them. They are leaving. And because of their precedent, they're going to leave us behind. And the Taliban's going to come in and they're going to kill my entire family. That's who was on that plane. Folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by Jack Calvino. Now, right now at 1244, it's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. And I want to appeal, if you're listening right now and you were maybe in a motorcycle accident or involved with some kind of an auto accident, or a slip and fall, workplace injury, domestic abuse, dog bite, um, you've been injured. You are entitled to be compensated for your injuries. But who's going to do that? Fight back, call Jack. Jack Calvino, 401-785-9400. You need a fighter. And I hear from people. They were involved with a slip and fall. And the party that should be compensating them, basically offering them pennies on the dollar. So that's when you need the fighter to step in. Fight back, call Jack, 
or online at fightbackcalljack.com. Folks, Jack Calvino, an online free consultation. Call right now, 401-785-9400 or online at fightbackcalljack.com. I want to go back to um, some of the sound because there's a lot of it. This is, um, you know, they don't even know where every, this is yesterday, that Pentagon briefing, which was just brutal. John Kirby, let's listen to some of that all Americans uh, are essentially free of Taliban control. Do you have anything that indicates the Taliban are going after any of these Americans? Well, there's a lot there, Barb. I, uh, uh, I can only tell you what we know and that there hasn't been any hostile interactions by the Taliban to our people or to our operations. Part of our operations include helping evacuate American citizens. And that process continues. The general gave you an update, 165 uh, or so uh, just in the last 24 hours. Uh, I can't speak to the locations, the whereabouts of every single American throughout the country and their desires to stay or to go. Um, that's something we're not equipped to do here. Uh, again, you, you've got to understand. Oh, boy. Does anyone have confidence? Does anyone have confidence that President Biden is going to protect the United States? Now, by the way, folks, this is even a more sophisticated Taliban since they were live tweeting during the invasion. They use social media. They use modern technology. They have better weapons. I want to play. This is a good piece, uh, Martha Raddatz with uh, ABC. Smarter, more media savvy Taliban when they caught the Biden administration off guard as Taliban forces entered the presidential palace in Kabul over the weekend. Taliban senior leaders were huddled around a laptop, apparently watching their men via live stream. And just like anybody living in the modern age, Twitter is one of its primary weapons in controlling their message. Now posting direct-to-camera messages from rooftops, sharing their locations, and assuring their followers the city is under control. Their leader, rarely seen in public, a former Taliban judge. Senior leaders claiming they want to form an inclusive Islamic government. The group is establishing a civilian casualty prevention and complaints commission, tweeting out WhatsApp phone numbers for Afghans to send in complaints. But the previous Taliban rule of Afghanistan was brutal and oppressive. Women had no rights and violence was rampant. And though this new Taliban claim they're not opposed to women attending school, many fear that's not true. And that the hard-fought progress of the last 20 years will be erased. When it comes to the Taliban, while they want to improve themselves... At the same time, they want to rule the country the country in a certain way, and that involves some oppression of women and not let, letting women experience the full freedoms in which they deserve. It also involves maintaining connection and ties and relationships to various terrorist groups. This more organized, controlled facade, reportedly funded by some less than honorable sources, like the production, taxing, and smuggling of poppy, a leading export that goes to the manufacturing of heroin. 
And while they do have a collection of international private donors, in the past they've collected money through kidnapping for ransom. Their reported biggest expense, weapons and training. And the group itself remains a designated terrorist organization under U.S. and U.N. sanctions. A U.S. intelligence report earlier this year warned al-Qaeda is still entrenched in their leadership, although they pledged to deny safe haven to terrorists under a deal with President Trump. Countries like Iran, Russia and China say they are willing to deal with the Taliban. China saying it's ready for friendly and cooperative relations. Questions remain about what role Afghanistan's neighbor and nuclear power Pakistan played in the Taliban victory. The country nurtured the Taliban and was often accused of meddling in the war. Experts say what the Taliban ultimately wants is power and to rule their own Islamic State, a return to the way things were when they last ruled. But there's a very real and immediate threat to those who once stood in their way. They probably are going to want to exert some degree of punishment against the Afghans who work with us because they'll see them as threats. It's unclear what degree of punishment that will be, but it could even include executions. And the Taliban is now trying to stop local Afghans from leaving with some reports they are going door to door looking for those they consider enemies. Yeah, that sounds I, I'm sure President Biden, you know, feels good about taking the responsibility on that, folks. You know, and, and just the phoniness that we're dealing with right now. Right now, it's 1250. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. You think of Obama having the big blowout birthday party for himself on Martha's Vineyard, then scaled it back just a little bit because of COVID. But no, you know, he's got to have throw himself a big, glorious 60, 60th birthday bash. And then, you know, Biden, for all his talk on women and human rights, how embarrassing yesterday. Human rights remains the centerpiece of America in democracy around the world. What a joke. The, the, the top group that is affected by all of this are women. You're talking about a group of individuals that are so demented that, you know, when we took over and started battling with them, they were executing women at the soccer stadium in Afghanistan. So it's just, it's all talk with these guys. That's all it is. Because when push comes to shove, they don't lay down the law and stand there. And there's been no big outcry for people. We have to, where are the protests for everyone to leave Afghanistan? There's more protests about people having to wear masks than people that the fact that we have a small military presence in Afghanistan. Oh, my God. Of course China is going to welcome them. And Russia. Folks, is the United States, are we still a superpower or have we moved a tier below Russia and China because of the Biden administration? Who in their right mind has confidence in Vice President Harris? She is an embarrassment. She shouldn't be there. She's not a serious person. She's not going to giggle her way out of this one with her giggling cackle. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today, 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. 
RE Coogan Heating. Listen, emergency, 24 emergency service, whether it is for plumbing or for cooling, we still have a long way to go as far as hot, humid weather. It's very sticky out. Uh, remember Coogie, uh, let us in your home. Don't fix it alone. You can find them on Facebook and then the website is recooganheating.com. Call them today, 401-732-6562. It's Coogie, R.E. Coogan Heating. You know, how about even like Governor Raimondo with her whole, or Secretary Raimondo, excuse me, who by the way, I think someone snapped a photo of her on the Block Island Ferry. Uh, I don't know why she wouldn't take the speed ferry, but whatever. She's got to be with the regular people. She is entitled to a vacation. But, you know, the whole element of, you know, the only the little girls could be governor for a day. How do you think that's playing with the women and the, the, the women and the girls in Afghanistan as the Taliban is showing up at their homes and dragging them out of their homes and forcing them to marry Taliban members. How do you think they feel? This is a Nobel Peace Prize laureate says she's deeply concerned about the situation in Afghanistan, especially women and girls that are there. Myla Yousafari. They are sharing their concern that they're not sure what their life is going to be like. This is actually an urgent humanitarian uh, uh, crisis right now that we need to provide our help and support support we cannot just uh you know look at our screens and not do anything and just get into the politics of you know what should have happened what shouldn't have happened and that is something that you know that we will do at some point that is going to be part of our future work but right now we need to make sure that the people of Afghanistan are safe you know Biden has a lot to do President Biden has uh has to take a bold step for the protection of of the people of Afghanistan but we must remember that It does go back. And, you know, what she's talking about, though, and again, folks, how can you not have sympathy? But let's just be very clear about something at 1255. What she's talking about is in Kabul, one week ago in Kabul, where our embassy was and the presidential palace They had beauty salons where women and girls could go and then they could go to school and now they're closed. So this business of, you know, well, now we have a humanitarian disaster. We have no, no, no. We we had an opportunity to keep the status quo. The status quo wasn't perfect, but the status quo, the American military managing Think of like coaches, head staff of a football team, right? Bill Belichick is the coach. He's got his coaches. And then the Afghans military, they're the players. So as long as you have Belichick and his his uh, staff of, of coaches, they are leading them through that. And then all of a sudden they pull them out. And then the team disintegrates. But... For them to to say, well, now we need to jump in because there's a humanitarian disaster. Well, well, now it's too late. And you didn't hear that from President Biden anyway. Now he's just like, we're pulling out of there. And and why do we have to take all those people out of there? They're like, this is totally crazy. So the people that were working with us, who were translators, who were effective, who were trying to do the right thing, now you're pulling them out of the country. 
How is that fair? How would you like to be the people that live like far away? I'm like, what do you what do you mean? I, I have to stay here with them? Folks, this portion of the John DePietro show was brought to you by It's My Health. Now listen, it's Tuesday, pop it and see them. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'll bet you've driven past that white church. Stop it and see them. Diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant, it's my health with his vitamins, herbal remedies, also local products like icy honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas and hemp and CBD products, natural skincare products. Right across from Davenport Restaurant, folks, it's my health because it's your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. It's Marie. It's also Doreen. Pop in and see them. They're open today. It's good weather. You can shop local. Just pop in. Maybe you have the day off and you didn't want to go down to the beach or anything like that. Pop in. It's my health. You know, just do a little browsing. Also, you can get a massage there. They also have reflexologists, they have Pilates, they have yoga. Pop it and see them. I love what they're doing. Marie brings uh, quality local and national products. You know, I've heard from some different people that in the past they would order things online. Then they realized they could shop local, help support a local business. It's my health because it's your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Well, folks, uh, coming up on 1259... It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, we're on until 2 o'clock. Next hour, no, we're going to have the 2 o'clock news. uh, Excuse me, the 1 o'clock news. Stay with me. The 1 o'clock news. Then we have another full hour to go. Now, next hour, there is going to be a White House press briefing. Um, I plan on carrying it. I don't know if it's going to start on time. I think it's going to be very, very contentious because with President Biden, He may say, you know, Brian Williams, he owned it. He stepped up wrong. No, this didn't have to go this way. This is bad for the United States of America. Again, you can listen online at the website, thepetro.com, which is brought to you by the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. A great meal is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Big menu, huge bar. Stop it and see them. Always delightful. They're open seven days a week. We are going to get the latest news with the one o'clock news. We have another full hour to go. The power hour is next. Leave it right here. We're back on the other side right here on the John DePietro show after the one o'clock news.